All the latest news, views and reaction to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442FM. Hello and thank you for tuning again to another week's issue of 442 FM. I am your host Adam Jackson and with me to talk football, A-League, Socceroos and dirty players as we will soon come on to, Kevin Ayres. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> French Kevin Ayres. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. It's a dirty Frenchman here. <laughs> We've got Constamacostas. A very racist Constamacostas. Um, and back by popular demand... Johnny Davidson, how are you, mate? Yeah, very good. I've, I've got the nod from the manager. I've been training by myself after <laughs> you know, being kicked out for poor performances, so I'm back and ready to press. It's your timekeeping, mate. Your timekeeping was appalling. <laughs> yeah, I've been working on my puns and my, my one-liners, so hopefully I can uh, impress the manager. We can we can thank Daylight Savings um, for having Johnny <laughs> Davidson back in the back on the pod. Um, but it is an absolute pleasure listening to you, and I'm sure the listeners will feel the same. Right, let's get started. We've had we've had a little dirty weekend. We've had uh, uh, well, <laughs> maybe maybe rephrase yourself, mate. <laughs> Um, if only it was true. Um, oh, it's not <laughs> what I've been hearing. <laughs> um, we've we had Bogard again, another red. John, we, I, I, I won't steal any of your thunder, but we'll come on to you. And, um, and Barisha, talk about kicking a man when you're down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when he's down. Um, right. So, opening question. <laughs> I'd like to talk about dirty players of the A-League, um, whether that's this season or last or um, throughout the the seasons. Kev? Um, I would pick my perennial favourite for almost every single question, <laughs> as it turns out. Um, Devante Clue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing I think I've not actually included him for. Uh, no, Ruben Zadkovic, as always. Zadko. Zadko. Who uh, must hold the record? I think it is the record uh, for the quickest red card, coming off the bench, lunging in with both feet and seeing straight red after 17 seconds, which, as I was saying before we went on air, was the uh, defining record of my youth uh, from the Cure. So yeah, for those both those reasons, I'm picking Ruben Zadkovic. He's not actually necessarily a, a dirty player, but he is utterly, utterly reckless and very often out of control. Very good. So it's a strong start, a dirty 17 seconds from uh, from Kevin. That that does sound a lot more like my weekend. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it's just clicking. When I want to try and speak to Ruben Zakovic, and Perth Glory doesn't return my calls, and this is probably the reason why. Um, so thank you, editor and chief. For, um, I'm here to make your lives easier. Come. <laughs> Who's um, your dirty player? Well, it's got to be Kevin Musker, right? Like, that's... How many... Um, in England, in Australia... Um, but 
if you're talking about the last two seasons, well, this season I think Daniel Georgeski's taking his mantle for him because some of the challenges he's made this year have been yep. reckless and um, very dirty. But then you've got Bess Barisha. I'm torn between the Melbourne Victory Triumphant mm. and Jersey players. Do you think Barisha's dirty? I, mean, I think Barisha plays on the edge. Um, I think he's I a think, wind-up merchant, mainly. But I, th- I think uh, what saves Barisha from being dirty is that he's got the skill. Um, and there's a, there's a word in Greek, I, bring, I always bring up the Greek words, but for a dirty player, they're called a kreas, which is like a meathead. Mm. You've got no skill, all you have is like your aggression yeah, and, and your physicality. Um, I don't think, uh, I, th- I think Musket was, through the latter stages of his career, fit the Kraus description. No, I, I think he was just psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> John. I think, yeah. Tell I me you're going boogie. Musket's definitely up there, but, but probably taking the record has got to be Lordy Nigel Bugard. I mean, more red cards than anyone else. He's, I think at times he's more clumsy mm. than dirty, um, but he's just he's just got the record, hasn't he? he just and he's, the record may never be broken because he'll play a few more seasons at least. So it's um, impressive stuff for old for old Nigel Booker. Do you think he'll break his own record next season? <laughs> I think so. I mean, I must admit, so the the one uh, was it against Perth was was a bit soft. I think that was his reputation out for him, but. Um, and that was it and then when last week's was rescinded he was like oh sod this I've, I've already booked my flights <laughs> <laughs> I better get sent off this week now this time I'm going to do it properly <laughs> yeah. he never uh, used to oh, he, he wasn't like that before he wasn't like that at Mariners was he? Last, last season uh, he got one I red card sorry John um, last season he only got one red card he's got four this season so far yeah but I mean I think when he was at Adelaide he didn't play that much and he True. started to get yeah. that reputation as being a bit reckless but I'm sure in Mariners he was pretty squeaky clean nice guy blonde hard but mm. hard but fair maybe it says more about the kind of last minute um, nature of Newcastle Jets defending rather than yeah I um, think it probably does to be honest and he's uh, he's been the one that's kind of been on the receiving end of it if you actually look at some of the like, looked into the fouls that he's committed this season 32 which is you know that's not even I don't think that's even in the top 15 um, oh, really? of most fouls in the league um, I'll come on to, to my my dirty player um, Riera 43 fouls committed this season is a, a is a league high um, the next is Georgeski 40 yeah see um, yeah. Georgeski well uh, sorry keep on Riera 8 yellow cards 2 reds Georgeski 11 yellow cards but no reds well, he's picking his moment, unlike yeah. Bugard. So I think I think Adam, it's, it's more about the, the quality than the quantity. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure a little, you know, nip in because you really want to try and decapitate someone there, your chest up. That's that's about exactly. I mean, I think you know this is where Zadkovic comes in. Seventeen yeah. seconds from bench <laughs> to bench again. That's pure dedication. Mm. You know, that, that's has, a top quality played, tackle. I think I've played more in the A League this season. Did he take him to seventeen? Did it take him 17 seconds to walk back off the pitch? Too? Probably did, actually. We should, yeah, we should have timed it. He was probably on the pitch for longer walking off it yeah. than he was playing. Yeah. That, that, is, that, that is a good question, though. How many times has Zakovic played this season? I don't yeah. think he's played at all. Well, maybe that's why you can't get through to him, because they don't know where he is. <laughs> where in the world is Ruben Zakovic? 
Yeah. <laughs> Possibly also why Bugard is leading the uh, the red cards <laughs> tally for this season. Um, Likewise, Riera. Um, another one for you. Um, but this, I'm, I'm going to spin this slightly. Um, Risden, 108 tackles so far in the league this uh, this year. N- nearly 20 more than the next person. And um, 30 fouls, only five yellow cards. So uh, um, fouls to tackle ratio—that's what we need. Foul to tackle ratio. I think you need to. Uh, no, we, we need to bring that in for Boogie. Yeah. All right. Well, let, we'll leave it there. Who was your selection oh, for? Uh, I, I, I'll go Riera. Just, just out. Go I'm going pure stats for this one. Mm. Um, right. So, t- bringing us on to our discussion topic for this week's pod, we've pretty much got our. Well, we have got our bottom four now. In, in the league, and um, Wormsley and Mariners have been centre of attention as to, you know, what what can quantify a success for their for their season now. So I'd like to bring that question to all of you, to to you four or to you three, um, as to how do the other four teams or the other three teams that are in that bottom four quantify what a successful season this, this has been? Um, what by what KPIs? I think the the biggest KPI I thought about this question, um, the biggest KPI to judge your season on, it's an intangible KPI, and it's hope. 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 If you don't if you don't give hope to your fans, then that's that's a season of failure. So let's let's look at the bottom four. The Mariners, their fans gave up hope rounds and rounds ago. Mm. The Jets, there was kind of still a bit of hope, maybe. To about three or four rounds, and I was selling it. Yeah, uh, and the Sydney up until last for Sydney last FC round. mathematically we had hope, but that's fake hope. It's false hope. Mm. Uh, and who's the other team? Phoenix. 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 They, well, they, they just signed it. Bob Hope. <laughs> <laughs> and what was I saying here? Well, um, the the worst thing you can say about a team after they lose is hopeless. And Sydney's been hopeless mm. for many for the, for the ten games they haven't won a game. The ten games, the last ten rounds where they haven't won, they've been quite hopeless. Uh, yeah. So that's that's my if if it's been a, a season without hope, then I think that's that's a season of failure. Um, oh, I've just thought of a player who's called Hope Hope Akpan. He used to play for Blackburn. And Hope Solo. Oh, we do hope so. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, Kev. Okay. So I've just added sexist to the. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Bring it round, Kev. Um, realistically does all 10 teams in the league um, expect or want to challenge for that top 6 position oh I think so without any doubt in a salary capped league I'm actually going to get off my back that's what I've been been lying prone for the first 10 minutes he's taking this bit seriously Um, no I think in a salary capped league you've got to be in the the top 6 contention uh, out of 10 teams I think realistically you've got to harbour some hope at the beginning of the season at least of challenging for the title mm-hmm. in a salary cap league uh, you may have local problems like Central Coast Mariners and uh, Newcastle Jets had of being underfinanced or under-resourced uh, which are going to limit those expectations but everyone should at least be aiming for the top six I think in terms of what's happened over the course of the year Mariners if they can still get 7,000 turning out for uh, um, as a minimum for the derby for the final game, that's probably a success for them. Mm-hmm. 
um, given that the season they've had. The Jets, I think, have overachieved, to be honest, um, considering what we thought at the beginning of the season, considering the resources they had without a new owner coming in and financing it. Uh, I think they've done pretty well and finished with a wet sail. Uh, you know, if they'd got Nordstrom from the beginning of the season, mm. they would have been in the top six, uh, and victory probably wouldn't. Um, so I think they've done all right. Phoenix are still in existence. And I think that's probably the, that's the KPI that yeah. they would have been judging themselves by after the 10-year the license uh, debacle. Um, Sydney, I cannot see anything that they can take from this season and say, we did well there. They've not developed any young stars. The ones that we had our eyes on really haven't come through in the same way that we'd hoped they would. Mm. There's nobody there that's being, you know, being sniffed at by Europe. Uh, Alex Gar- Gersbach is probably the, the biggest success story they've had. And they didn't really hold on to him or use him enough to, yep. to uh, justify being a success story. So as far as those four teams are concerned, that's uh, Sydney are probably the, the worst performers mm. regardless really? of just being outside the top six. So, John, um, Kev mentioned there about youth player development. For me, that is a, a KPI for a team that's not made that top six. You know, is there is there players coming through there that can push that team on to the next level? And if you look through those bottom through those bottom four teams, for me, I can't see there's there's no shining lights of um, of young Australian talents that's going to come through and and really make make an impact on next season. What, what, what do you think? I would say um, just for, just for Sydney, I think I'd probably say Brandon O'Neill's been pretty good for Sydney. I mean, obviously he's been around the A League for a bit, but never really got a run up so. I think he's he's done quite well. Looks promising. I thought he um, did well to begin with, but then faded away, just like the rest of Sydney did. Personally, I didn't feel well, I think, he came through. I think he developed. Had the the Oliver period out, and then he's probably hasn't been playing as much. But I can, yeah, I think you know if you're, you're in a struggling team, it's hard to um, you know lift lift that team up. But I think I think there has been a few players. Look at the Mariners. I mean, I think Mitch Austin's been great. Um, you know, he's, he's scored a few goals. He's obviously got that pace and ability to beat defenders. And then if you look at, say, Newcastle, I think um, Stephen Ugarkovic has come in and, and looked decent. I mean, I think, as, as Kevin said, um, if they had Nordstrom from the start, and I think losing David Carney, although he's done absolutely sweet uh, nothing for <laughs> Sydney FC, he was probably Newcastle's best player mm. you know, the first half of the season. Um, and, you know, losing him... Um, did they lose someone else in the transfer period? I'm just trying to remember. Um, no, I think it was mainly Cardi. Yeah. Yeah, so I think there's been a, a couple, uh, probably in the Mariners, there's oh, a lot of players there who Korean. wouldn't have really got much of a run. Um, so you, you can't really see what the development will be, except maybe next season or the season after with some of their young players. Mm. But do, do you think that youth development is a is a key kind of KPI for um, A-League clubs at, that haven't made the top six? Uh, in a way, no. I don't think so. I mean, I think it should be. But I think at the end of the day, um, I think as, as Graham Arnold uh, put it put it earlier in the season about results, um, I think that's the main the main focus. I mean, getting into that top six. And I'd say that the, um, you know, the KPIs for Sydney FC are very different to those of, say, the Mariners and the Jets. Mm. I mean, I think for Sydney and Victory, it's got to be basically a, a trophy or a final every season, um, you know. And even for for the Phoenix, obviously very different to, to that of Sydney FC. So there are some, some definitely some different um, you know, KPIs between those those clubs. You're looking you know, very different ambitions and, and chances of success. I think the, th- the thing with 
the Mariners, the old Mariners that we used to know and love, they used to develop the young players and then sell them at Christmas. Uh, and their challenge was to still challenge for the title, not to stay within the top six, yeah. uh, having lost those young players. Um, so for them to not develop young players, apart from Mitch Austin, who I also agree has done brilliantly and deserves a much better team uh, around him, um, not to develop the young players and sell those young players and finish bottom of the league, it's a pretty much a disaster all round for them. Yeah. So to go through, oh, actually, um, so but the the financial stability element as well. Where, where does that come in? Well, the the Mariners, I think, are lucky this year because they they've got a few big transfer signings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got the cash from Matt Ryan's transfer. They've got the cash from Trent Sainsbury's, uh, Caceres. Um, who was the other kid? Kalik went to Croatia. Anthony Kalik. So they mm-hmm. did sell some young players, um, but you don't want clubs bleeding money six eight million dollars a season and. Uh, the Jets kind of you could look at it as a failure. They've lost two million dollars this season, but we're not having season one, season two um, financial losses, which is a good thing. Um, but if you, are you happy if your club is stable, or are you happy if they make the finals? I think I think as I said previously, though, if they can become stable this year, and that sets the bedrock for them being ambitious next year yeah, yeah, then yeah. That, that's fair enough however if they're going into next year with the same business plan as they had for this year that's going to be terrible uh, which, which kind of brings it back to Con's point at the, at the beginning you know the hope if there, if there is the hope there to build on something and yeah. actually make yeah mm. you're right the next season better yeah. then but, but for, for Mariners and we'll kind of come on to the manager report card a little bit here so starting with, um, with Wormsley at the, bo- at the bottom of the table does, does he still have a job next season? I think he probably does simply because he's probably got a long-term contract that would cost too much to pay out. Um, there were some things he did right. There was a lot of things he did wrong. Uh, and I think the Mariners probably can do better, mm. uh, to be fair. It, I, I like Tony. Uh, I think you know he's, he's a nice guy and he's got some good ideas, but I think... In terms of being an actual sidelines coach for the big matches, they could do better. Mm. He probably would be make a better director of football, uh, yep. kind of role. John, Tony Walmsley, do you think he's got? A, do you think he'll be in the job next year? I think I think he will be. I think mostly because I think he's basically accepted and and uh, with what he's been dealt, particularly from Mark, Mark Charlesworth, and, and sort of followed suit. I mean, obviously they would have hoped to have done a lot better than they have, but. I think he's sort of come into it knowing what the situation was and accepting it. Um, I think, as Kevin said, he's definitely made some mistakes, but you know, he's done some good things as well. Um, but yeah, no, I think um, I think uh, you know he's he's sort of followed script um, from what they've given him, and I think he will be in charge. I think um, someone who's probably lucky to see out the season is uh, is Ernie Merrick. Yep, I'd agree with that. Wombs has got this odd charisma that you like him. And he's, he's, a nice guy. he's given the Mariners the worst season. Is it the worst season on record? Yeah. yeah so it's the worst it. season on record, yet no one is baying for his blood. No one's... I, th- I think there's a really lot of Mariners. There is a, a, 
a selection of Mariners fans who would happily cut his throat and push him out <laughs> into a ditch. Isis star. Isis star. But uh, I think for, in general. It's a really bad um, follow up to Gangnam Style. I'm joking. But yeah, generally speaking, when you do miss him, he's a nice, affable bloke. He's, he's, he is. Uh, and he's, he's been dealt a shitty hand. And there's not many people that would have put up with the constraints that have been put on him uh, and still try to turn a team out each week. Uh, he's had to accept a lot of limitations and probably damage to his own career as a result. Mm. And another thing with the Mariners too, who wants to join the club? Which, which uh, in, the, in, in seasons past, you know, good players, returning Socceroos, would want to join the Mariners. But the way that he's, the club is now, why, what are the reasons why you'd want to join the Mariners? What's, what's there to make you go, all right, they're this club, or this is what they stand for? It mm. seems at the Iguana moment... Iguana Joes. What's, <laughs> Bernardo Joes. Uh, Iguana Joes. Iguana Joes, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, besides wanting to be stable, is it a... Do they have a footballing philosophy? Do they have I th- I think a style? Do they... Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's what do the Mariners stand for now? Like, besides trying to be this stable club, I just don't. I think in some ways they've been over ambitious and trying to th- bring too many young players through, mm. and that's one of the things they acknowledge that they, 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 they've done wrong. Uh, the, the youngsters didn't get the, the leadership and experience around them to to bring them through well enough to to cope at that level, and now they're going to shore up. They've identified the areas where it was weak, like the defence. They hope to bring Alec Wilkinson back mm-hmm. uh, into the fold and give, make him the pillar of defence and build everything around him from there. And if they can do that and bring in, you know, somebody strong in midfield uh, to fill the John Hutchison role, and mm-hmm. Nick Montgomery type uh, complement Montgomery, uh, then you can see them improving next season without a doubt. Um, but they have to spend more than they have. They have to say they can't just live off the cap floor. So uh, that brings us on to signings then. Um, in, in terms of Wormsley's signings this year, O'Donovan, I think I, I, I would say is uh, as far as as far as Mariners' imports go, which have been pretty limited. It's pretty much just him, isn't it? Who else have they this season? Yeah, yeah, that's Garcia. Yeah. Oh, of course, Halfway yeah. Um, but yeah, Garcia is not going to be here next season. But uh, I'd give O'Donovan another season. You think? Oh, really? Would you? Really? Not? I, would. I think he's on a two-year deal anyway, so. I yeah, I think he's lucky to still be there. To be honest, I'd really? have offloaded him at Christmas, personally. I, th- um, I think he's. I think he's I come think strong he, towards the end of the season. He has improved definitely as the season's gone on, but I still don't see him as being anything like the level that they're going to need to be competitive. Uh, I'd keep him in for that goal alone, that chest and volley from from last week. Oh. Yeah. Even dead cat's bones. <laughs> um, okay, we t- we talked about Ernie then. Um, so he, they've obviously got Barbarisus signing now. You know that's that's a nice pillar of hope. Barbarisus and Finkler. That's if you're Wellington mm. fans, you'd be very excited, and that's probably what's kept him in the job. Staring those two. Yeah, but I mean, this is the man who at the beginning of the season said this was Wellington Phoenix's strongest squad ever. Oh, well. 
uh, and look where we are. Mm. You know, I, I, th- I think that there's being sort of um, confident and there's being overconfident, and that was definitely a statement of overconfidence. I don't think anybody would have said that, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I think and, they were a game from the grand final when they uh, last season, and look where they are now. I mean, yeah. It's, that's a pretty bad season. They've, yeah. they've had a shocker, and they, you know, they didn't recruit uh, during the course of the season to try and bail them out. Uh, when you know at Christmas it was obvious things weren't going to plan, yeah. uh, and they needed to make some significant signings and didn't. But you know, like they have had the backdrop of are we even going to exist at the end of the season? So mm. there's been that complication too. But still, the results on the field haven't helped that at all. Any Miller, John. Yeah, I think um, it was interesting listening to another show yesterday. Um, it's not particularly well liked, old Scotty Miller, um, by a few people. But um, I think overall, um, you know, maybe that's more to do with his media works, <coughs> but I think overall he's done a good job. Um, you know, you look at where the Jets were last year, all the Tinker stuff, um, Stubbins, player sackings, uh, etc. The squad that he had, um, I think he meant and Jean-Paul have, have done quite well um, I think they were, they'll finish 8th they? and they were you know, rock bottom last year so I think there's mm. definitely progress uh, at that club and if they can you know, get, get a new owner in and, and make some sort of recruitments they could look to um, improve on that definitely next season Trifunovic um, will not be there next season Con? Yeah Who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, he, he, he was just wasn't consistent he wasn't really He was offside <laughs> you know, you look at the in, in terms of their defence, the Jets they've they've conceded thirty nine, which you know Melbourne City have um, have conceded more than that. Brisbane Roar have conceded more than that. Perth Glory have only conceded one less than that. Um, but they've just but they've not been able to score goals. They're the lowest scoring in the league. Only only scored twenty four. Um, so Mariners have scored seven more than them. Uh, and probably 23 of those have been since Nordstrom joined. Yeah, and what? City have nearly scored three times as many goals. <laughs> One of the imports, Jeez. Leonardo, only scored last week. That was his first goal this season. Is it Leonardo? Mm. Yeah. yeah. He's missed, he's missed a he's lot missed of games. Oh, has he? Yeah. If he'd been fit the whole season, uh, he would have made a big, big difference in that number 10 role. Yeah, and he's not necessarily a recognised goal scorer. You know, he's, he's a creator, I think, mm. Leonardo. Mm. Uh, he's a maestro. But that, but if they can, if they can sign a um, an additional number nine, I think Nord, Nordstrand is a, is mm. a decent. He, he looks like a goal scorer as yeah. well. He can find the net. I think if Nordstrom had been there since the start of the season, it would be a very different story for them. Uh, and I think the fact that Miller found Nordstrom mid-season and brought him in uh, has got to be a big feather in his cap. Uh, and he he identified the weaknesses and addressed it, uh, and you can see the difference. Um, I think he had a, a middling. A poor to middling start to his career at Jets, mm. but yeah, the second half of the season really pulled it together a lot more. And they've got to, they've got to sell the club, right? They've got to find an owner who's going to commit to the club and mm-hmm. and run the club like a. F- but, when was the last time they they had a they it was run properly? You know, they had the Tinkler years. Um, that was never run properly. It's never been run properly since the NSL. Oh yeah, it's in the NSL. We've had Con and then we've had Tinkler. I mean. It was never going to be a successful product under this. But just well, they won the two, th- two or three weeks ago, um, were the FFA not supposed to be 45 minutes away from announcing the new owner, John? Yeah, well, that's, 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 the, uh, that's the talk, um, Mr. Mr. Lee, but uh, 
seems to be there's now Hawaiian interest. It's, it's all over the shop whether they, uh, the speculation they wanted another two and a half million for the for the for the club. So how can we just be... seems to drag on and on? I just don't understand how we can be forty five minutes away from the press release going out about it. To mm. three weeks later, it's a completely different owner in the sidelines. Hawaiian That's interest. the FFA lottery, isn't it? It's incredible. Mm. Okay then, Con. Let's come to come to you, Graham Arnold. Mr. Grumpy. Grumps. Where's my apology, Adam Peacock? What? <laughs> Did you see that? Has he just lost it? <laughs> Has he absolutely lost it? I think it? that was quite a smart move by Arnie because everybody was talking about that. Not the fact that Sydney have again missed the final have missed the finals and another dreadful performance that bored the, the fans to tears and booed the, the, uh, the players off yeah. it was all about Ad- Arnie versus Adam and that was you know classic Mourinho style tactic mm. uh, of deflection and diversion um, but it's just ridiculous you shouldn't have your, your coach behaving like that you should, your coach shouldn't have to behave like that you shouldn't have to be diverting attention deflection deflecting like that he's had a shocker this season for the record, this is our twenty-sixth pod of the season, and he's not been on—he's not appeared on the pod once. No, not once. So, uh, <laughs> where's your apology? Yeah, I, I'm expecting an apology from you, Mr. Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if we've asked him, but I mean, yeah, yeah, that's irrelevant. That's no, it should. Yeah. You shouldn't need to. Should you? Everybody yeah. knows that we do this pod. Yeah, at this time <laughs> every week. Every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so d- does he have a job next year? Ali, because he did that post-match interview. Yeah. That's the only reason he's got that job, for comedy value. Um, <laughs> I, this question was asked when, I'm out, I don't know, about a month ago, and I, my answer was, if they're still, if, if they get knocked out of the group stage in the Champions League and they don't make the finals, then he's gone. But because Sydney is still... Uh, making inroads in that mm. competition, then, you know, you can't sack him. You can't sack him when there's still uh, two or three games. Two, two, there's two games left, right? Yeah. But if he, do, if he doesn't make it, uh, then you sack him. But a lot of fans are asking for him to be sacked. I mean, you're hearing the boos at the end of the games. Mm. And, you know, to go 10 games out of the win, that's, record, that's a record for a Sydney FC fan. So, especially after last year, there was such a high... There was nothing he could do wrong, Graham Arnold, last year. You know, great recruitment. Apart from winning grand Great final. tactics. Apart from the grand finals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, this year, his decisions haven't... The, 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 the same decisions that were right last year were wrong this season. So, uh, he's got to change tact. Mm. And he's got the experience. He knows how to do that. He knows, he knows how to start again. And that's what's going to have to happen. So I, I think you give him another chance. John, so in terms of your manager report card for Arnie, um, which of these do you think he's, he's kind of performed the worst at? Um, is it just his overall performance, signings, um, or m- developing um, your youth, the youth players through the, through the squad? I'm, yeah, you could probably say all of those. You'd probably tap in media relations as well. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think. I mean, unless they they can't make it out of the group, if they, if they don't fail to get out of the group in in Asia, um, I don't think he should be sacked. I think um, he's got the runs on the board in his career. You 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 let him start the season um, and see if he can turn things around. But um, yeah, I think um, 
it's been a, a poor season. The funny thing is, though, up until January, what were they? Third, fourth? You know, they were. They started the season quite well, but it's just completely yeah. fallen apart. Um, and you, you've got to think there's got to be some massive overhauls of that squad, particularly the the foreign players. Mm. Um, you know, Fatty and Dimitrov. I mean, just there's got to be a lot of changes. You think so? Um, pressure's really going to be on him now, isn't it? Yeah. Even more so than it has been. Yeah, I think a lot of the players didn't stand up and deliver as they should have done. Yeah. But yeah. Arnie's responsible for motivating them and making them stand up and deliver. Uh, so he bears the blame for that. I think the fundamental error he made was uh, turning down Yanko uh, return uh, this season. Uh, I think that was an arrogant decision that has backfired on him, mm-hmm. big style. Uh, if Yanko had been there, it would have been a whole different story. Um, and just not replaced him. There's been a lot of talk about whether he's had a lot of control over the football department in making some of those signings and decisions, so it'll be interesting to see what what happens there. Yeah, I I mean, I think that's that's the thing with Sydney, though, that that story always seems to come out from coaches whenever they run into problems that, you know, they're not having full control. But Arnold made it very, very clear that he would have total control when he took charge. Uh, and that was that was a fundamental of him accepting the job. And when I, when I spoke to him at the beginning of the season, at the launch of their uh, Puma shirt, which is probably the reason why they've gone so crap, um, is when he was talking about the imports, he was saying, you know, I, I researched them, I scouted them, I made sure that uh, I picked the right players. These are players that I think can take us to the next level and all this sort of stuff. So he wasn't... He, he owned yeah, the, yeah, the, he, uh, he the took responsibility for it then. I think the only thing going in his favour at the moment is if Arnie was to go, who would you replace him with? And I think the obvious choice... Frank Farina. <laughs> <laughs> the obvious choice at the moment for a local uh, replacement would be somebody like Mark Rudan. Uh, Mark Rudan. Might oh. go down well with the faithful, but I, I think it's too inexperienced uh, after a bad season to go that wow. way. That could go either way, Mark It could, Rudin. and I don't think we I should reckon. take that gamble. Alternatively, and I've said this before, Goose Hiddink. Goose Hiddink? Bring him back, bring him in. He's freed up from Chelsea, uh, and he's got the connection with Australia. I think that would be an interesting, interesting direction. Oh, that would to be go amazing. In. Um, talking of connections, we've lost our connection with John Davidson. Um, we might try and um, get him back on for when we talk about Jets a little bit later. Um, but well, um, Gus Hiddink, can we? Did we? Did we? Did we speak about this on the pod last week of doing like a guest manager stint? We've, so, we've uh, done it before. We've talked about it before, certainly. What about um, what about Ari? Harry Redknapp. He was. Oh. He, he only did. He only did two games for Jordan. But, Harry Redknapp um, would be the funniest. He, someone asked him, do you take responsibility? Do you or the players take responsibility for this loss? He goes, the players, the players, the players did their best. It's not like I could buy Ronaldo. I'm <laughs> 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 cheap. <laughs> it's not like I could bring in Ronaldo. Um, John, are you, are you back with us? Yeah. Hello? Hi. No, I'm sorry. Technical difficulties means we might not get John Davidson back on the pod. Um, so, um, right, well, 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 there we go. Um, that has been our um, discussion. And we've we've pretty much sat on the fence, really, do you think? Well, not, not sat on the fence, but four managers that we all think is going to stay in a job from the bottom four teams. Because nobody else would take those jobs? Yeah. 
to a certain extent. We've given them the thumbs up rather than the thumbs down. The lions are still in their cages for the meantime. <laughs> are you not entertained? <laughs> Talking of which, the Mariners got thumped again <laughs> on Friday night. Shaka. Western Sydney Wanderers, uh, Wanderers played them off the park. I was thinking this, and I've heard, how many times have we heard Mariners being played off the park this, this season? How about they, they literally play people out of the park? So go and play them on the beach? That might kind of <laughs> even things yeah, out, terrible. do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon yeah. home advantage. Go down to Terrigal, set up goals either end of the beach. Well, we did that with Luis Garcia, of course, for the, the magazine. Yeah. Took him onto the beach. Yeah, he looked pretty he good. He fell over. Did he fall over? He did fall over. <laughs> but he was also pretty good. Uh, I think, you know, and he's also got a bit of practice in there now as well. Mm. So, you know, he would be ahead of the, the rest. Um, he scored a lovely head. Beautiful. Did. Oh, that was that was a nice little bit of uh, uh, something for the Mariners fans to cheer about. Louis Garcia drinks sangria and does diving headers. Oh, it was brilliant. And schools, I was a big fan. But um, super sub Santa Lab stole the show with a brace. Still doesn't get himself into the elite team of the week. Really? Yep. <laughs> it's one of the Western Sydney Wanderers Twitter accounts, Big Button Bears. Every time the Team of the Week comes out, Santa Lab scored again. Santa Lab still never makes Team of the Week. And Mitch Nichols had a great season. Socceroos? No, I don't think no. so. I don't think so. I think he's had his moment for the Socceroos. It's over. I think we've got better options, to be to be fair. But he has had a fantastic season. But And he's been the, the main source of goals, I think, for... Ten goals this season. Uh, for Wanderers, um, which I just didn't think he had it in him, to be fair. Uh, and just goes to show how short the Wanderers have been of goal scorers that Mitch Nichols is supplying ten. Well, that's it. Um, we, 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 we have hopefully got John back on now. We, um, if it, it, yep. He's there. Uh, he is yep. there. Um, so, yeah, top, top goal scorers um, for the Wanderers. We've got, we've got Nichols on ten. Um, and we've got Bridge on nine, and then Santa Lab, uh, which we which we just spoke about. He's on eight off the bench. You know, is, is, is Santa Lab not a number nine that could be starting every game? Well, I think Mark Bridge plays our role, right? Since Pio Bacardi uh, left to run his own pizza shop, um, I think Bridge is taking on that role, and Bridge is still firing away, uh, scoring goals. So, and Santa Labs. Uh, I don't think he's got it in him to play that 90 minutes role, right? He's in his 30s now. Mm-hmm. 34 or something like that. And, you know, if you keep on playing yeah, off the bench... Great. If you keep on playing well off the bench, just, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a super sub. Yeah, but they have struggled with goals. Um, this is only the third game of the season that they have scored um, over th- over two goals. Um, and and that, John, that surely that kind of shows how, how lacking they are of... Um, of Strike power. Yeah, definitely they've they've they have struggled all, all season to score, and I think um, perhaps personified by by Romeo Gastelin, who's probably the the best uh, creator uh, non finisher the A legs ever seen. Would you? Uh, who wants to take a guess at how many goals Castellan has scored? I would say two, Minus maybe five. three. Go for three, four, four. Correct. He scored two in one game, didn't he? Didn't he score two against Brisbane Raw? Bonus points but for um, for how many shots he's had. 
Yeah, I was going to say, how many chances has <laughs> he? <laughs> over the season, over 100 shots. 53. 60, 68 shots. Four goals. That's amazing. 68 shots that's on a 21 good. on target. <laughs> that's my career. That is, that is that's, a, that's Matthew Leckie proportions. <laughs> <laughs> Two thirds of every single shot he has. And, it, you know, 68 shots, that's... The, that must be up there with the most shots on goal in, in, in the season. There can't be, there can't be many. Oh, actually, exactly. He's fifth top shot taker in the league. Who's top? Um, Bruno. Bruno top. Jamie McLaren second. Navio third. Moy fourth, and then Castellan. Quite a different Barisha. return for the yes. four above them. Well, well Barisha, <laughs> Barisha's had sixty-five shots um, this season, and obviously chipped in with seventeen goals. So um, you know that's that's, uh, that's the comparison to be that, drawing. That is what you want from your your marquee man. Um, so Wanderers, they they continue to drive on up the league. They they leapfrog City, who um, who, who will come to come on to after this. Um, do you so they're, they're two points behind Raw now? Do you, do you think it's um, it's a done deal now? Do you think it's, it's Adelaide or Brisbane's now? Do you think Wanderers can still can still get there? It all boils down to the final matches. I mean, th- this is just a cracking season. Every single game is vital this weekend. Uh, it can be anybody's. Death three derby. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe not every single game, but um, no. The rest of it's uh, it's pivotal. This is a prime example of having all games kicking off at five o'clock on a Saturday or something like that, wouldn't it? It is the same debate every year, right? But. It is what it is now. I think you, you could have you can have Mariners Jets on the Friday night just to spread it out, yep. and then and then all the games that mean something on a on a Saturday, same time kickoff. I'd love nice. that. Um, right, moving on to Phoenix, who will play, who will host Western Sydney Wanderers next week in the, in the final round. Um, got spanked again, played off the park by Victory, and kicked off the park by uh, by Borussia. This is this was just a prime example of Bez at his best and his worst, wasn't it? Yeah, I think also um, Ernie Merrick's comments before the match about uh, comparing. I think he made some comments about Musket's uh, a coaching style and the the talent of the squad. I think that really backfired on him badly. Uh, what did he say? I can't remember specifically, um, but I just remember seeing that and thinking. That's 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 just pouring petrol on a fire there. Wow! Uh, and basically saying that you know he could he would do better if he was at uh, if he was in charge still at Victory. Well, he's trying to get Victory's players. Mm. Yeah. So uh, so you know I <laughs> think it backfired badly on him. I think Victory had a, a huge amount to prove after such disappointing results and you yep. know finishing six. Uh, and Wellington Phoenix just played them back into form and perfect time for the finals. The uh, victory fans should be very, very grateful to Ernie Merrick for uh, helping them in this way. <laughs> um, Bez, for his, you know that, that, that little, little flick there. They're just dream goals, aren't they? So, I, I heard people have been saying how Bez isn't. Um, victory could get a better marquee than Bess Barisha. You know, but when you look at the the shots, as the stat that I just said, there seventeen goals this season. He has that. You know, he does have that mongrel in him that that is gonna is gonna get him sent off. It's gonna get him booked. It's gonna make everyone else in the league hate him. But I, I take him. 
over yeah. uh, over a lot of marquees that we've got in the league at the moment. I, I, I think he is a good marquee, but I think it's it's that combination that you want of the the two international marquees, one that gives you the goals and one that gives you the glamour and the glitz. Mm. Uh, so you know, if they had an ADP in midfield, As well, yeah. uh, just to to give put bums on seats. Uh, but Borussia, you know, he's such a huge character uh, as well. I think he is, to a certain extent, among A-League fans, will make you come out and watch him. Uh, he's just not quite necessarily got that reach into non-A-League fans mm. uh, that's lacking, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I think the the red card and the incident with that is massive stupidity. Though. He's just left his, uh, his side in a world of trouble mm. for the next two rounds into the finals. There was a confusion last night over whether it was two games or three games he was banned for. Lots of seesawing from one to the other. It's mm-hmm. just two games. Um, but yeah, it's just storing up problems for the finals. So Ben Sigmund was the one that fouled him yep. initially, right? Sigmund the with the forearm to the back of the head. Yeah, and then that was a really loud scream. I don't know if it was because there was no fans in the stadium I could hear it very clearly, or just the, the, pain, the pain that he felt. <laughs> like, ah, like it was just a really... It's like a, almost like a, well, I won't say it, but anyway, um, like someone playing women's tennis. Moving anyway, on, moving um, on. Yeah. So, Jesus, what am Sexist I doing? Such again. a mouth. Moving on. <laughs> it was like a shriek, right? So anyway, yeah. so then um, Andrew Durante is the one that is provoking him. Is he trying to, because he was there for a long time, like pointing at him and saying, are you okay, Mr. Barisha? Would you like any water? He wasn't saying that, was he? Well, no, no apparently he was. So apparently oh, Durante came out on, on social media afterwards and said that he went over to see if he was if he was seriously hurt. Because he was yelling at him. Um, well, and then, but then he, um, uh, and then he said he, if he needed um, additional support from the, the Phoenix, uh, um, which, <laughs> it's, um, uh, Phoenix medical team, which is you know, it's how you phrase that question, isn't it? <laughs> um, and uh, but that, but he was quite, he was quite scathing on social media. I think he called him a knob as well. Oh, that's great! Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. yeah. there okay. we go. Um, maybe, maybe it was a nib uh, pronounced with a Kiwi accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Barbar and Fink link up, John. For that, that, that was a that was a great goal. Uh, that's got to kind of um, get the the. Um, Phoenix fans excited for next season for that double edged sword really for them that one wasn't it yeah crushing yeah I think, crushing I think goal. still for, for Phoenix next season the issue is going to be the defence um, because how old are they like 50 every player there Durante Moss <laughs> yeah. Sigmund's obviously retiring yeah, Manny Musket's got to be um, up to the Zimmer frame soon mm. um, so they'll look good going forward obviously with Bonavazza and Krishna and McGlinchey but um, yeah they're really need some defenders but you're right um, that was a brilliant goal and obviously those two are going to have to step up massively to, to cover the loss of Borussia after his brain explosion mm. and Victory will host Brisbane Raw on Saturday night Ooh. could be the deciding match for the Premiership plate so Victory have not really got anything to play for have they they, they oh well they they could they could be um, oh no, Perth are playing Sydney, so, um, so <laughs> <laughs> foregone conclusion. Yeah, they're, they're going to get some points there, aren't they? At at the Allianz as well. So um, yeah, that's pretty much a done deal. Perth which, could end up in second place. Yep. If they can win by four goals or more, they could be in second place. Yeah, well, Adelaide s- have to lose. Wanderers have to lose. Yeah, yeah, could be done. 
Adelaide up against Melbourne City. There's no reason why that can't be a loss for Adelaide. No, they couldn't. They couldn't get to second because Adelaide. If Adelaide lost, City would have won. So they'd go. Uh, they'd go true. to second. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they could. Yeah, they could get get to third. Um, Top four's good. They get a home mm. final. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Moving on to Sydney game. FFA won't give them a home final. No. No. <laughs> They'll light a flare in the semi-final just to uh, <laughs> just to get around that one. Um, Sydney FFA's, Sydney FC. Staff are running around with the flare. Brace Gite. Brace Gite. Well done. With a double to sink Sydney's ship. Big Brucey. No win in eleven for Sydney. You know we've we've already touched on this. We've touched on Arnie as well, but. Um, but Adelaide, let's talk about Adelaide. Can can they win it? Yep. Do you think Do you think they can upset City at home on uh, on Friday night? Yep. City, as we're about to discuss, inconsistent. Never know who's turning up. To be honest, I think at home they seem to be stronger, um, certainly. But Adelaide, no, they have every possibility of coming from nowhere to to take the Premiership. To be honest. For me, that Adelaide performance on Saturday was just mature. You know, they didn't. They, I almost think they knew they didn't have to go out all, gun, all guns blazing. They could sit back. They gave Sydney quite a bit of the ball, um, but were pretty compact in defence. When they got the ball, they were smart with it. They had, you know, they were using the outlet of Kamau quite a lot, and um, uh, you know, and while he didn't th- threaten that much. Um, you know, all it took is was as soon as they there was any defensive errors from Sydney, they were pounced upon. Mm. Kamau was in there, Gite was in there, following up on the mm. keeper, and um, you know, expecting an error, which you know you, you can probably play that like that against City as well. Yeah, I agree. I think this game is like a lot of Sydney fans are just asking why Zach Anderson keeps on being played, and he's just too slow to the to, to everything. Well, I think. That squad was with one eye, well, with two eyes actually on uh, the Asian Champions League game tonight, mm. probably last night, by the time you hear this. But yeah, I mean, eight changes, that's, that can only mean one thing. We've given up and we're saving our, uh, saving our best till, for the uh, the bigger game during the week. Mm. Especially after Melbourne victory, the result there, you don't, yeah, everything would have been, the balloon would have been popped, the mathematical chance ballooned. John, uh, we've we've spoke about managers so far this season. And more has, has he been one of the the more impressive um, managerial kind of appointments this season? Uh, you'd have to say he has been. I think I think we're all um, calling for his head after the first six, seven, eight rounds. Um, you just look at where they've come from from there, and you'd have to say the same with Perth. It's quite amazing um, the turnaround. Um, and I think uh, with the two Bruces, Bruce Almighty, you could say, um, they've uh, they've looked pretty good. Um, basically, two thirds of the season. So, how, how amazing! I mean, it'd be great to see uh, to, to see an Adelaide or a Melbourne City or a, or a Perth um, win some silverware. Not having really done that previously, obviously Adelaide's won the FFA Cup, but mm. it'd be nice to see a, a different name up there. That's just a, a personal opinion, but yeah. I just love to be one of the Adelaide players and just be hearing Bruce, Bruce, give it to me, Bruce, back to me, Bruce. I just <laughs> Professor, Bruce. Professor Bruce. There, there isn't many Australian accents, though, is there? How, how does Bruce sound in a Spanish accent? Bruce, 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 Bruce,
<laughs> uh, Brisbane Raw. Um, this this is a great game. I enjoyed this. Um, it was a, a slow first half, but um, but Jets goal. Um, but it, that was pretty ha- harsh. That handball, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Uh, I don't think he had much knowledge of what was happening going on. He did have his arm at a f- fairly funny angle, but it was it was kind of into his body. I think he was doing a YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing a Y. Uh, I got no. No, you you I having a no pen for that? Okay. I, I think that's a pen. But you, I thought Brisbane were lucky, man. Newcastle Jets get the lead, and there's another chance. I'm trying to remember. Um, who who had yeah, that chance? Yeah, it was Kitto. Kitto should have scored to make it two 0 Should have scored. Should have so lucky. I think I don't know. From I think Brisbane just had a a, a lot of luck this season. Well, Jets Jets always gets touted around that they're, they're one of their bogey teams. Mm. Um, but thankfully for for Raw, the boogie man um, gave away a penalty <laughs> and, and got them and got them back in the game. So not a penalty. Ke- that was just an absolute shocker. Just, Kev, you're, you're not happy with this pen decision, are you? I really am. I mean, you know, I don't have great sympathy for Bugar because I think he does is a bit reckless sometimes or just a last gasp defending. But I really didn't think that was a penalty at all. It's a pen for me. Him. I thought he grabbed him. No, he, he, his hand brushed his shoulder. There was no attempt to restrain. It was literally contact without any restraint or damage done to him. And do you reckon the refs are taking bets over who can give Bugard the next red card? <laughs> like any any not, not that we would ever suggest there is any position that he's in. Like they've got like a you know a tab at the end who can give Bugard the most red cards. Yeah, let's have a look if there's any a, Hong Kong bookmakers a, with uh, markets on. There's a, there's a flip side that Bugard they, they have a competition how many red cards he can get, but it's like. Georgievsky can do whatever he wants but can't get red carded. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, John, was that a pen for you? Uh, I, have to say, I think it probably just was. I mean, Enrique, he's, he's very fragile. He's about two foot seven. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of contact, but you can always see he's going to make the most of anything, even if it was just a, a tap on the shoulder. Mm. Uh, you know, hello, how are you going? My name's Nigel, sort of thing. So, um, <laughs> Bugard's not the. Uh, he's, he's a tad clumsy and I think you could see it coming up a million miles away and he's got that reputation as well so he's got to basically be on uh, you know, every time the ball comes in the box with, a, with an attack mm. and uh, credit must go to um, John Aloisi for bringing Henrique off the bench really there you know, it's, his, it's a common theme for him but um, he brought him on a little bit earlier than he would do normally decided to, to give McLaren a break because he wasn't quite wasn't quite going for him um, and he was a difference you know he scored scored the first and um, what did he assist oh it was that lovely little dummy for the second mm. goal yeah. Yeah. yeah very good um, Aloisi as a managerial report card I think he's done a fantastic job and I think it's such massive redemption for him as a coach uh, Melbourne Hart he had to go at the time he did but it wasn't actually through his fault. He just had no luck at all with injuries. Mm. Uh, and uh, if he'd had the full squad and a decent uh, international marquee star, it would have been a whole different story for him down at Melbourne Heart. Uh, and I think this has just gone... This is a huge, great testament. Even if he doesn't get the Premiership title, and I think he probably will do, um, I think this is a massive, massive tick for him. I'm really delighted for him. Mm. He's, a, he's a really Kevin, good does he... 
Does he lose points for his lack of clue use? Very much so. That's that's the one big blot, blot on his uh, uh, copybook. We've actually got a feature in the new issue, which is out next week, uh, of the top ten debuts in the A-League. Um, just looking through Devante Clute's... <laughs> cover, cover start. I'm, la- I'm laughing because he wasn't in the mix and then all of a sudden he's in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> and he just took editorial control. There was all these other taboos and you just stuck him in there. He's only one paragraph, unfortunately, but it's just ridiculous. I'm surprised we haven't got a free Devante clue. Campaign of reissue. Yeah. Um, you know, when they, they didn't let him go in January. I may have Devante. a life size Devante Clute photograph coming. That's a. by my desk. There might be some Hong Kong bookmakers with how many Devante Clute references Kevin Az can, uh, <laughs> can make. <laughs> Hasn't played for sure. weeks, but he's still comes still up with the podcast <laughs> every week. <laughs> right, the game of the round on Sunday evening, Glory um, put a huge dent in City's Premiership Challenge. Um, this was this this was a great game. This is this is two this two is top teams awesome. really really going at it. And, and 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 you know we talked about Kenny Lowe before about how he deserves a, a lot of credit for the, the way he's approached this season. Um, the way he approached this game, I thought, was excellent as well. And the way he approached what shirt to wear was very unique too. <laughs> Uh, he's got. He's, I think he's going through all the Perth Glory merchandise. <laughs> he's a tracksuit man, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, Kenny. He's the long sleeve shirt man. Tracksuit man. Probably have the the um skivvy neck. The skivvy neck. Um, yeah. Towards the winter winter league, but what what about that five minute um uh between the I think Perth Glory's second goal, Sandorf. Castro, Castro and, yeah, and yeah. there was uh, um, more chances mm. as well. And the um, was it? Uh, yeah, Sandor just kept on um, just the through balls that guy was coming up with during that game. I haven't really paid attention to him much, but yeah, I'm really impressed. No, recently, he's, yeah, the last few, last few games, but especially yeah, Sunday was very good, very yeah, impressive. He was on fire. And Castro's goal, I think that's the goal of the season, just out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, it was smacks a that volley from outside the box. I thought that was, and the player in front of him as well. Mm. So we, we, yeah, we put that on Facebook and and put like you know goal of the season question mark, and and I don't think anyone agreed. Heathens, yeah. heathens. <laughs> that, but having said that, it got a lot of shares. Uh, yeah, and a yeah, lot yeah. of a uh, lot of a uh, comment. They love uh, mm. likes and follows and yeah, uh, lots of uh, hearts and likes. It was a, it was a great goal, but I mean it has been some. Fantastic goals this season. There, there has been some mm. good yeah, goals really this season. Yeah, really hard to compare them, really. Yeah. But I just thought that with the, the technique, technique used, that. yeah, the technique yeah. used, and he had to run up to it, and uh, there's a cross coming in. I think that's just so difficult mm. to. James Rodriguez esque. Yeah. Cahill esque. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Cahill. Um, someone. Someone also put um, Zidane. You know, for yeah, that Champions yeah, League yes. where he kind yeah. of put yeah. it into the top league, corner. Yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, but so, does anyone know what the what the deal was with the the pointing to his ears and running towards the with the celebration? No, wasn't he doing like a Jim Carrey? Yeah, it was. You know, he, he looked he looked very stern. He looked like he was pointing towards the a set of phone fans that had been giving him stick all game or something. And that I was think really? he's got a hearing problem. <laughs> yeah. he needs to you get to the doctor. 
I don't understand why right. any Glory fans would yeah, be giving Castro a stick. I don't think it would have been that, to be honest. I think it was some sort of other explanation. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, honestly, watch watch it again. He, he points at his ears, sort of going, "Yeah, I can't hear you. I can't hear you saying anything now." And then and keeps and points up at the stand a couple of wow. times. I, so yeah. anyway. It's that fiery Mediterranean spirit. Yeah. Unless he's in the middle of uh, renegotiating a contract, maybe, and pointing to Tony yes. Sage. What are you saying now? Yeah. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, could be. Um, certainly not to the fans. Fans love him, as mm. far as I can tell. Glory scored 23 in nine games. Um, before that, in the 17 games before that, it was 26. Just shows like the, the end of the season for, for them have been, has been really strong. Since Christmas, they've just been on fire. Yeah. Uh, and again... Kenny Lowe gets 10 out of 10, I think, for coaching for the second half of the season. Mm. Signed brilliantly, yep. played them brilliantly, uh, and uh, paced them, paced the season. Uh, if he had just had the opportunity to bring these guys in at the beginning of the season, they'd run away with the, uh, with the, uh, the title. Yep. City, on the other hand, five losses in a seven away games, conceding 17 goals. Yeah, they crap away. They can't do it. It's that it's that ravenous home support that they get. It's just, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> From the seagull. Just make it make it a fortress. Yeah. They miss all those green seats. I think it's, it's that's it's the red and white stripes. That's the problem. It's it's that throwback to the past. Yeah. And they they need to shake off to their Melbourne full, heart past full city group. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Very good. Well, that that concludes our. Um, recap of the of the round this weekend. It's going to be a cracker. Get out and watch your local game. I'm going down to Melbourne to watch um, City versus Adelaide on Friday night. Who's your tip for the Premiership? Um, I went Adelaide um, a few weeks ago when we did this. Um, I'm, I'm going to stay with Adelaide. Con. Uh, uh, Con. Oh well, I picked Melbourne City, so I'm picking Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> John. John. I think it's got to be the uh, it's got to be Raw Salona. I think they're in the box seat, and against Victory, I think they'll do it. I'm with you as well. I think Raw are going to do it. They have got the work cut out, taking Victory on at home. Hmm. Um, but I reckon they're going to be uh, hot enough to uh, to pull it off. Victory coming off the back of a Asian Champions League. Yeah, the timing of that game is is, is bad, isn't it? And flying. Back from Mel- Wellington before that too. Yeah. So they've done a lot of air travel this week. Mm. So yes, City Adelaide on the Friday night, Central Coast Mariners Jets, the game of the round. Um, <laughs> on the Saturday, Saturday night, Victory will host Brisbane Raw. Sunday early kickoff, Phoenix will host Wanderers and Sydney FC Perth Glory on the Sunday late game. Um, yes. Gents, thank you for your time today. John, good to have you back again. Thanks for uh, bringing me off the bench and injecting me into the action. Oh, like, back. like Santa Lab, he's come on and scored a brace. Um, you've had a cracker, John. Uh, cheers, Kev. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Con. Adios. And we'll speak to you next week. Ta-ra.